Hello and welcome to another episode of Drop the Ball. We are here. The Royals are bad. The Chiefs are good, but the Chiefs aren't playing. So we are in a seasonal depression watching the Royals. Well, I guess it was All-Star Week this week, so we didn't have to watch them, thank God. But uh, I will miss them when we don't have a game on Thursday to, to watch. I have the day off and there's no sports on. This is how it is in the middle of summer when like baseball's I'm not on. It's okay. It's okay. This is how everybody feels who doesn't like baseball right now. Well, they can suck it, honestly. The people who don't like baseball? Yeah, they can suck and choke on it. I, I don't would, care. I would agree with you. I think that <laughs> if, if you that don't... That was vile. I'm sorry. What? That's my bad. If suck they don't and like choke on it? That was, that was fucked. I'm sorry. Hey, man. If you don't like baseball, you're just not a smart person. It's okay. You have the attention span of a toddler. That's not my yeah, fault. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, like, I would just like to say we are true fans because we watch the worst team, one of the worst teams of baseball. I think, I'm not even asking to be a Royals fan. Yeah, exactly. Because I, would I wouldn't ask anybody. Yeah, yeah, do yeah, don't do that. Willingly. But if you want to like baseball, watch the Reds or like the Braves or the somebody like that. Anyway, uh, we should get into this episode of Drop the Ball. First, we're going to do the Coffin Corner. Probably won't take a lot of time in this episode. I mean, yeah, because since we last recorded, they had know, like one game in the Yeah, we break, can't, really, so. uh, can't really talk about it. And, uh, I mean, they got swept by Cleveland. And, or, I guess... It took one, I think, didn't they? Maybe? Possibly? Hopefully? Fingers crossed? Doesn't really matter Oh, they took way. one in Cleveland. Yeah. On the last... Yeah, they got swept by Minnesota. That's who they got swept by. <sighs> I love <laughs> losing division games to the worst division in the league. That's my favorite part of this entire process is that the Royals and this is what we talked about last week which is that the Royals play good against good against good teams and they play shitty against the worst teams in baseball yeah man if every team we played with the Dodgers and the Rays would be a World Series I don't understand I don't understand it's like it's like we need to that's baseball we need to like get up to the like it's like they're saying oh we need to like play up to our opponent it's like why don't you just play that way every day that's baseball bro I just don't get it anyway so um Fun little, fun little uh, nugget of information here was uh, All Star Game happened and uh, Whit Merrifield, Salvador Perez, and Brent Rooker were hitting one, two, three in the All Star Game. At one point, they didn't at one start point, that, no, they didn't but start. But at one point, and I was like, wow, these Royals, alternate reality Royals, pretty good, you know? Yeah, except Brent Rooker is never going to do what he's doing right now. In fact, he hasn't done what he did the first like month and a half of the season since the month. Well, the A's up. had to send somebody to represent them. No, so right, right, right. That's that's um, the whole reason Brent's there. Also, Whit Merrifield was done with the team, gro- done growing with the team. Like, I mean, he's he peaked two years ago, and he's still playing well, but he's putting up like 720 OPS numbers. So, But that's what I mean, like alternate reality Royals. Right. They're right. good. Wow. What a time that... What a time. What a what a what a what a great time. What a what a what a what a great time. <laughs> okay. For the Royals there. Uh that's about all the action that the Royals are getting this week. Traded Mike Meyer Mike Michael Mayers for cash considerations. It's not yeah. Who cares? Dude's a stud. Dude's a st- he pitched se- six cash innings considerations. of considerations. Ca- yeah, cash considerations is a good dude. He he's stud. he's going to kill on this team. He's going to kill as a prospect. He's going to kill. Yeah. He's going to kill. Anyway, great value. Okay, uh I guess since we have literally nothing else to talk about, I got to ask you, who are the t- who are the players on the Royals right now that are going to be traded? Jackson Wilkes. That is who this oh, this is how this I, is going to go. I honestly Who's going to get traded? I haven't heard jack shit about trades this year, like out of the organization itself. So to be completely honest with you, I'm not 100% positive anybody of no does. Um, That being said, if they were smart, I think they'd be looking to shop Oliveras. I think they'd be looking to shop Nicky Lopez on the bat side of things anyways. And I think they'd be looking to shop Barlow, maybe Quas, maybe Taylor Clark if there's any... If there's any Taylor Clark, that is one thing we should probably talk about, which is Taylor Clark was really good for a small period of time. Yeah, and the Royals should have traded him. He was on this right team, at yeah, this time. He's he was on the team for like three weeks longer than he should have been. Yeah, and now he's playing like dog shit. Guys, and I'm like, we could have probably we could have probably packaged him and Amir Garrett or not Amir Garrett. Um, 
or Aldis Chapman together for probably a top 10 prospect at the peak of, of Clark anyways, because they both had like sub 2.5 ERAs and could be, could, looked like they could be like the best setup man and closer in the league. Um, speaking of Amir Garrett though, um, DFA'd him, probably should mention that. Um, I would assume there's a trade in place. Which is weird. I'm, I'm assuming, I'm hoping at least that there's a trade in place and they were just doing it to make the roster spot open earlier. I mean, that's gotta be the only Um, reason because like Amir Garrett has really been a spiritual leader for the team. 3.33 ERA. Spiritual. What the fuck am I saying? Um, (laughs) spiritual. He's, he's a, he's a clubhouse guy. Brings a lot of energy. Um, the advanced stats won't tell you he's a great pitcher, but a 3.33 ERA is a 3.33 ERA. He's a lefty, yeah, and, for I whatever mean, that's yeah, worth. And like, he can't he can't really throw strikes this year, which is bad. But there are times he looks so good. He's he's he's, he's so. never been a great great pitcher. He's had moments where he was good, um, and he brings a lot of energy to the table. But I, it makes no sense for a veteran who has solidified himself as a part of the bullpen that's to the be thing. just like DFA'd right, out of right. nowhere. Right. I I'm hoping it was a trade situation. I'm hoping we maybe got something out of him, and they were just like, let us DFA him. So we can open up the roster spot, and then in like four or five days after the break, we'll make it official. And I was gonna say, but it's tough though because like it's hard to keep that shit under wraps. Like if you're trying to wait, yeah. Like, well, I mean, if it was a bigger player, I'd say yeah. But I mean, it's not like Amir Garrett's drawing, you know, eyes. But like sh- I, but still, if somebody if there's a trade in place and somebody wants them, they want them to be a part of their team immediately. And sure, that might be finalized before Friday when. Uh, it might be finalized before Friday when games start back up, but still, I think that like DFAing Amir Garrett out of nowhere just doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. No, but yeah. should I'm, he be on the team? Probably not. But is it, I'm not. I'm not like I'm not heated over. I think his contract was up at the end of the season, anyways. So if we if the, if there was if there isn't a trade in place and it was just purely a DFA, then we're lo- missing out on half a season of of slightly above average pitching from. For a team that isn't going to go anywhere in the postseason, you know, so like, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think, I think if you're looking for for, I can give you four names for tr- trade. Getting back around to it, it's Nicky Lopez, Edward Olivares, um, Scott Barlow, Scott Barlow, and I want to say another reliever type. Quas is probably the best one, but Taylor Clark most likely. Taylor Clark is probably going to get traded. Yeah, if somebody wants him. I mean, if I'm if I'm a team and I'm looking at the Chiefs bullpen or the Chiefs, the Royals. Yeah, the Chiefs bullpen. If I'm looking at the Royals bullpen, um, I'm much more interested in Quas than I am Barlow. But that's just me as a fan. But why? Please why? explain that. Why, why you'd be more because interested in least, Jose Quas or Scott something Barlow? Interesting to the table. I think, frankly, I think him and Taylor Clark are like similar-ish pitchers in terms of production, but Quas is a different look. Taylor Clark Scott, is just You some said Scott Barlow. You said between Scott Barlow oh, and Jose did I? Quas. I meant Taylor Clark. You meant Taylor Clark. Totally okay, Taylor thank Clark. God. Not because I was, gonna, I was like, that no, does not yeah, make any I'm sense at all. Easily, uh, way more, I'm looking for Barlow. But if I'm looking at Taylor Clark or Jose Quas, I'm, that's why I keep saying his name. It's just because I think he's probably the second most intriguing dude out of the bullpen, I think, in terms of just trade value. I mean, the only thing with with Jose Quas that you can that you can say is that he does have like years of control on him. He is already thirty years old, though. So, like, could a really good team get a hold of him and like really, really solidify him? Maybe. And uh, that might be a really good say idea for, for a dude somebody. Who's pitching but. one inning out of like every three days, thirty years old doesn't really matter too much, you know, like. He could go to a team that's good at developing. They could they could really like kind of hone in on the stuff that makes him a great pitcher, and he could have another six years of great pitching under under his belt. Yeah. At the same yeah. time, he's a reliever, so like they're not no no team is going to trade for him looking for six years of production. A team's going to trade for him looking for three, max. I mean, look at I mean we're we're past the age of like Mariano Rivera, where there's closers that are just absolutely insanely dominant for years and years and years and years you know like there's just there it's gonna be a long time if ever that a player is consistently over a long period known as the best reliever um i I mean like even the good good ones right now we're in it we're kind of in a dry spell right now league-wide for relievers i think 
or closer specifically. Well, and that's why there's so much turnaround, in my opinion. Right. Like in the bullpen, it's like they're trying to find next big thing. Like right. who cares? Like would well, we'd rather take a shot on somebody who's 26 years old, that's a failed starter, than somebody who has been a reliever for four years in the majors. Like right, right. They're m- much more lenient on that, and. I can't say it's a bad idea because it's like trusting what you have as an organization, but yeah, I, yeah. I, and so some people that we're going to get, tra- that are probably going to get traded on the market to get traded. Yeah. Scott Barlow is definitely at the top of that list and talking about relievers that are actually worth a damn that nobody really talks about. I think that Scott Barlow is at the top of the list of people that nobody really talks about because he has been incredible as a Royal and if you look at, at the things that he has done, it's not his fault that he's played on a really bad team. Like, every single time that he has played for the Royals, he's played on a terrible team. Like, it's not his fault that he plays on bad teams, and I think that you can totally get a lot of value out of him. We've talked about how much value you could get out of him before uh, when we were talking about trading a role as Chapman and Scott Barlow and stuff like that. Um, but... Moving forward, because I don't want to get into specifics because we can't really talk about what they're specifically going to get. But I think that one thing to look forward to for the 2023 second half, thats I'm gonna, and I'll go first and I'll let you brew over that, something to look forward to in the second half, which is I think that the thing that I am the most excited about for the Royals specifically is... Watching Michael Garcia and Bobby Witt Jr. solidify themselves as the left side of the infield. I think that is probably the thing I'm looking forward the most. And then the second thing would probably be what does the outfield look like post the 2023 season? And I think that the second half is going to have a lot to do with what does the team look like moving forward? Because yeah. like they're not they are not gonna freaking send Nate Eaton out there all the time again and do all this next season. I think that they're gonna really solidify who are who's gonna be the ones that we really, really want on this team. Could Nate Eaton be one of the ones that solidifies himself? Sure. It could be. Yeah. Uh I think Drew Waters is a solidified spot, but if he has a really bad second half, I wouldn't be surprised if they if they try something else. Like be prepared in the second half of this season, I think, for a lot of rush to the majors and just like yeah, sending yeah. people. A lot of debuts. And being like, do they work? Because if they don't, we're going to trade you and then get more people in here and try to get a brand new system. Because I do I do seriously think that the new coaching staff for the Royals, they want their own people. Like, that's how it works all the time. Like, there's good things in the system already that the Royals drafted before, but there's just not a lot of it. And I think that instead of, like, holding people in places until they're ready, I think the Royals are going to find us a legitimate solution in each spot that they think could develop. Right. And I think that that is what's going to happen for the second half. And could that rush some debuts and could that make some spark? Yeah, sure. Um, But... That's what this evaluation season is, and yeah, I don't really know what else to say about the Royals at the moment in time. I mean, you said it mostly for the second half. I think, um, you know, it's tough because a lot of the a lot of the dudes in the in the minors are underproducing right now, so we can't really look to the future too much. Um, and like you said, they're gonna just rush some guys up because there's some dudes that have been down there way too long. And it's just a matter of, look, like we need to know if you can be a major league producer, whether it's just like one start that kind of opens our eyes and we're like, okay, there's something there, or it's yeah, a whole just half be- season of you looking like shit. You and know? just because they're bad or they don't have the greatest stats doesn't mean that they're going to like right, push right. them like, off to the like, side I, yeah. either. Like I think I could definitely see Alec and Marsh I- finishing with like a 4.8 ERA this season, and that's more than enough for them to go all right okay he's cool. worth he's, he's worth he's worth a shot at the rotation yeah. next year yeah and i think another thing too is like just because someone's really bad just because someone's really good too doesn't right mean anything yeah as well. like yeah i mean brady singer could turn it around friday and like finish the season with like a fucking 
three ERA, and that uh-huh. still might not be enough for them to go. All right, you're guaranteed lock for the rotation next season. You know, I I, I mean he's. I, I, don't I think, think he's he necessarily is. the best I idea, think he but is, the best but, uh, example. But yeah, I do. I no, do agree like, with you. Like, it's with just, what you it's mean. just yeah. It's a matter of. I think if I'm excited for anything, it's like you said, just seeing if any of the young guys can turn it on, you know, like we're going to see a lot of debuts and like there might not be a lot of names that are super, super exciting, but there's a couple that are intriguing and um, worst case scenario, we might still get some decently cool moments out of it. Like it's, it's really fun to watch a dude get his first MLB hit. It's really fun to watch a dude get his first MLB win as a pitcher, you know, like, like there are like Austin Cox, like a very under talked about story actually from this season already is Austin Cox breaking the record for longest um, longest hitless streak to start a career. Yeah, that was really awesome. It was must watch baseball for me at least. I think it probably would have been for more Royals fans if it was kind of a little bit more talked about early on. Like I think it should have been a big deal as, as soon as he hit ten. But they yeah. didn't really start talking about it until he hit like fifteen, sixteen. And then it ended pretty quickly right yeah. after that. Yeah. So I mean. Um, you know, I, yeah, like I think I think it'll just be fun to watch some of these young guys have some cool moments, whether they're whether they end up being the next big thing or even a, a utility man on the next contending team. Like, we're, yeah, we're gonna watch some dudes fulfill their dreams this season. Yeah, and for better or worse, that's that's gonna be fun. Um, I think one thing though, with with the draft finished up, we should probably touch on that. Well, that's what I was gonna say with like. With them pushing people to the major leagues and yeah. stuff like that, that does make room for the draft class that they just had. Right, right. And that's that was one thing we were going to talk about on this episode. That is something that did happen. Yeah. Which is the MLB draft, and there's a bunch of different picks that we won't see these players on the Royals for a very long time, if any of them make it. But um, the subject of all of the conversation right now is that the Royals at number eight took a high school catcher. At number eight. When a very good defensive and offensive college catcher was on the board. Yes. And so that's why everybody's kind of like, what the hell are right. they doing? And if you're unaware, and like uh, two point something percent of all prep catchers drafted make it to the major leagues. Yeah. Like a very, very low percentage of catchers that are drafted out of high school make it to the major leagues. Yeah, and it's the Royals high, spent a really high pick on him, and they yeah. had other thing, other options open to them. And here's where it starts getting really head-scratchy for me, is that the Royals usually, if you're not familiar with the MLB draft, if you take a player that's not really the best pick at that time, uh, it's called underslot, and it's all, all to do with money, of course. And so you can pick somebody who would maybe go later in the draft, earlier, and not pay them as much money, so... When there are players that have kind of uh, aged out of people's price ranges later in the draft in the second, third, fourth round, those teams are able to pick those players and actually pay them. And so it's good in theory. It's great in theory, but like what the Royals did that didn't really make a lot of sense is that they'd never spent that extra money anywhere. Right. Yeah. There wasn't. Because yeah. with the second, with their second pick, they picked a high school prep pitcher. And everyone's like, he's got good stuff. Right. But like... Can hit 100 off the bump at 18, so that's cool, I guess. Yeah, and it's just like, what are they doing? Right, right. Like, there was a bunch of different options available on the board that they could have gone with that are probably way safer options. And here's the thing that we need to preface with everything is he could be a superstar. Blake Mitchell is his name as a prep catcher. His name is Blake Mitchell. Yeah. And he could be great. Like anybody, he could be awesome. anybody picked in the top 10 ever in the history of the league has had the potential to be a superstar. So like don't let us like talking about him make you think that he's not talented. But he's the, a great baseball he's player. He's a great baseball but. player. But the numbers do not side with him historically. <laughs> And that's really the problem is that, you know, you just don't get these prep catchers. These prep catchers, these prep high school catchers just do not make it as long and maybe sometimes don't even make it to the major leagues. And so that's why it's such a reach. And there are some really, really cool 
there were some pretty solid picks that the Royals had in the third and fourth rounds, like a lot of college pitchers, which they did have a lot of success with last year. Uh, they they drafted a few college pitchers last se- last in last year's draft, and a lot of them are making a lot of strides right now. And like right, right. maybe that's really what they were trying to go for. They actually got r- one big bad dude, Hunter Owen, out of Vanderbilt. He's a big lefty in like the fourth round, I think, and he's pretty solid. He's probably if you had to be like cool this guy could be on the team in less than three years like that's probably the dude would you probably agree with me he's still got a lot of development of a, a developing to do but yeah he is a college arm played in a in a huge huge sec school van i mean vanderbilt is they are the baseball school there's a couple there's a couple bats that i think could have an outside shot at the next two or three years yeah um, 100%. I really like Rocaforte. Rocaforte? Yeah, Rocaforte, yeah. Uh, out of Louisiana. I mean, mm-hmm. he's not crazy good, but I think from from what I can gather, he's a decent – he's got a decent glove in the outfield, um, and I think his bat-on-ball skills are pretty underrated as a prospect. Um, but he doesn't jump out at me. I think he's probably the second closest or closest alongside um, – that could maybe make it up quick. Here's here's kind of what I'm gathering, and I guess I, the the optimistic version of what this draft means kind of popped into my head while we were talking about it earlier. Um, the pessimistic and most realistic option is that the Royals have decided because of the first half of the season that they are still at least five years out away from contending again. Um, I really hate that idea the only thing that would save that idea for me is by extending multiple young guys to prove that they are they are what's the word willing to they're willing yeah they're willing to put the time money and effort into and 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 gamble a little bit into putting that talent on the field in five years you know Mm -hmm. um because there is talent on this team right now that should be a part of this contending team, the next contending team. Like, you can't tell me that, like, Vinny, maybe Prado, Bobby, maybe Michael, you know, shit, even maybe MJ or Drew Waters. Like, you can't tell me some of those dudes aren't good enough and don't deserve to be on our next contending team, right? Like, the window's been way too big, and we drafted those dudes so that or, – or went out and got them so that they would be ready for our next contending window, right? Um, so to prove to me as a fan that you are still going to be working towards getting better, even though you are still quote unquote building, right. Um, then I think I could get into it. The optimistic version though, of what this draft means is that they're willing to spend money. Um, you know, I mean, you're a team that made it pretty clear. You were looking to see what the holes were, what the gaps were in your team, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you have been very vocal about wanting to build a new stadium. Uh, not just vocal, but I mean, you've put the gears, you've tur- started turning the gears in the machine towards moving the stadium, right? Um, and a lot of those gears kind of are oiled by taxpayer money, which means you need taxpayers to vote for that money to be used, correct? So you need a team that's going to be worth people putting taxpayer money into, right? Um, I, the, the optimistic, sorry, I'm getting long winded. The optimistic version of what this draft means is that, uh, the Royals are committed to developing for the long term, and then in the intermediate spending money in order to fill those gaps and try to put a competitive team on the field as soon as next year. Um, I think it's pretty clear, honestly, what we have some needs at, right? Like, our offense has lacked a little bit, but it hasn't been too bad this year. You know, there's been highlights for sure, especially. Well, the problem, yeah, and the, the problem with the offense is that it's either hot or cold. Like, right, it's either, right, like, on right. fire or they're scoring nothing. But, like, I mean, like, you throw no an between. extra you throw an extra outfield bat in there, get a healthy Vinny, and, like... Yeah, I think that, like... They could be there. Paying for an outfield know? bat would be something yeah. that they'd want to do. Yeah. Especially so, with MJ being as bad as he's been. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, you do that... Um, and the, the offense looks like it could be where you need it or want it, especially with an extra year of development underneath all of the young guys' belts at the major league level. 
the clear and obvious issue is pitching. Um, and I don't know if you can fix that in offseason, but with how bad the Central is, you could probably go get two arms, hope that a couple other dudes pan out the second half of the season, and that might put you in a position I, to at least be competitive in the Central. I think the I think the Royals, if they want to, if they want to, if they want to be the team that they say that they are, I think that they just need to pay a shit ton of money for a big ace. I think no, that's yeah. what they need to do. Right, I, and, 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 and if that's the only move they make, right. then I wouldn't be mad. Right. Well, like, and that's that's the thing. Is they, like, they, they there's way more holes. I'm not saying oh, that that's yeah. the case. Right. Right. But if, if you like make a statement and like like Aaron Nola is on the market next yeah. this upcoming off season. How old who, is he? He's like tw- 29 or 29. 30. Go throw five year a five year deal at Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola for like a hundred million dollars, overpay years. like overpay him. Dude, a hundred million dollars five years for Aaron Nola is not even overpaying him. I don't think like that. I don't think it is either. If he'll take that and will take that, get him on the fucking roster. Yeah, ASAP, yeah, you know? and like that's the thing is like you got to spend money sometimes to make right. money, and, and that's, that's yeah, that's I, the thing that, and I think that this draft might be signaling that. I, I'm hoping that's the optimistic side of me, right? Like the optimistic side of me is thinking, you know, like there's two things that this could mean. They either are going to rebuild, start the rebuild over, and they drafted a bunch of guys with huge upside that are going to take four or five years to get up, or, or fingers crossed, they drafted these guys knowing that they could fill in the gaps until they came up by spending money. Well, and I think, and this is something that I haven't really heard, but I think possibly... And what we were talking about before is like pushing all these guys to the majors, people that is not a part of the guys that they developed themselves. I would not be surprised if this new staff was like, fucking get these dudes out of here and get the these guys that they drafted this year, these yeah. college arms, and get them get them in the system as ready as, a, po- a, a as fresh, soon as possible. Yeah, a fresh <coughs> set of new guy of of young guys that they can develop. Yeah, because if you look at all of the guys that the Royals draft that the Royals have drafted. In the 2022 draft class and the 2021, the 2022 draft class and the 2023 draft class, you will see that it is a shit ton of college pitchers. Right. That is just what it is. And sure, we've seen this before. The 2018 draft was like that as well for the Royals. Like, and we saw how that how that has worked out so far, and not well. But you know, we are just gonna have to see how they fill the holes in, how they do this. I think that. If John Sherman doesn't make any moves this offseason, we need to question what he is as an owner. And a lot of people are doing that right, right now. Right. And, like, I, I get that. Like, I understand you're not happy with what the team is and you're not happy, especially with a new downtown stadium. Like, why do you want to spend money and give money to this person if they're not willing to make the team better? I get that. I totally understand it. But this year from the beginning was figuring out who they are. And now after they figure out who they are and they're bad and terrible, if they're like, well, we'll just go after it again and see what happens. I'm going to be like, okay, well, what was last year for then? And so they've at least got to be active somehow on the free agent market. And you know, if that's like three, like three or four guys that are in the mid, the mid tier level and they pay for them, then it's like, okay, at least you're trying but I mean, I would prefer instead of getting like two, uh, two or three arms, uh, like instead of getting two mid-level arms in the rotation, just like paying a shit ton of money for a for a one, right? Like, because this might sound crazy, and this is something we probably need to get into a little later. But it's like, if you make a relatively interesting team for the Royals to have do you think that Zach Grinky comes back like because it might sound nuts but I think Zach Grinky might be the type of person that is like I want my kids to see me play like I want my kids to see remember that I played baseball like I he just hits me as that kind of dude where he's like he's like well this is how I've made all my money and how I've done this but like and his kids are starting to get to the age where they're, they're going to start remembering what dad was and and I think Zach Greinke, if you're able to get him back for another season, I think you do it. I think I, I, I think, think you do I it. I think at this point with the with the the Royals, until they've proven that they can compete, they have no reason to turn down taking Zach Greinke back. Yeah, I would um, agree with you. It's not like like it's not like he's do, I mean he's injured, and odds are he's going to retire at the end of the season. 
Oh yeah, the but odds it's not are like he's doing anything. High, still. Like right, with what he's doing right now, he's borderline a fifth starter in a competitive on a competitive team's rotation. Yeah, he's not like he's not like yeah. he's not doing anything groundbreaking, but he's giving you five innings and what like a four point. Is he under five ERA? It, he, I think he's got like a six, which is not good oh, okay. at okay. all. I thought he was under five still, so never mind. But I mean, like realistically, realistically, it, the Royals should should be signing him as long as he wants to be ba- back until they at least have four pitchers better than him. Yeah, no, <laughs> like I they agree don't with you. even have four starters better than him right now. So. Um, and that's just my opinion on it, especially because I genuinely think that he's got like a 90% chance of going to the Hall of Fame, and he could be the second ever Royal to do so. He's so got a, Zach Greinke has got a 5-4-4 ERA. Yeah, yeah, 5-4-4, yeah. He's, he's borderline. He's borderline fifth starter in a competi- on a competitive on a. Yeah, and if that's what he is, then that's what he is, and I don't care. Right, yeah. And, like, if you're able to do that, then you you are able to spend a bunch of money on one arm. Yeah. And then, like, feed his way. Like, he would be be probably your, like, four starter, Daniel Lynch, Brady Singer, and then you got a fifth that you can try out these different options. I mean, like, that's the thing is, like, I mean, Cox has, has, Austin Cox has put some decent numbers up that look promising. Alec Marsh hasn't looked dog shit. I that's two dudes right there that have come up this year that at least look promising. I don't think long term they're anything great, but but the but they both have a ceiling of fourth or fifth guy in rotation. Yeah. And I think at least right now you give them as many chances as they can to do that. Angel Zerpa, who we've seen in the majors a couple of times, is getting back to healthy and hopefully he can stay healthy. That dude's ceiling is like two starter. Yeah. If he can you figure know, it out, but we also have Jonathan Bolin, whose ceiling is probably four or five guy. You know, we we've got like four or five dudes who could be four or five guys. You know, yeah. Um. So I mean, like finding one of those dudes to be the back end of our rotation, I think is then probably that's a win. what yeah. the focus of our development needs to be. We just need to understand that ninety percent of those pitchers that we've drafted since two thousand eighteen are. We need, they're just losses, yeah, right? Yeah. If even one of them turns out to be a back end rotation guy, that's a win at this point. Yeah. Then you I agree can with you. then you can go out and try to find a couple cheap arms, maybe that aren't named fucking Jordan Lyles, because he wasn't even a fucking cheap arm. And then go make a big splash signing with your rotation. I would I would agree with you. This is a little bit of a aside, an aside, but do you think Jordan Lyles laughed his ass off and signed the contract as soon as he possibly could? I think could? as soon as that contract crossed his desk or his agent's desk, there was maximum thirty minutes of deliberation. He was like seventeen million dollars. Yeah, You're, like th- I think, are you sure they didn't say? Seven? I think when his con- when his agent called him and said, "Hey, you have an offer from the Royals," he went, "Oh sweet, someone wants to offer me." <laughs> and then he went into that negotiation going, okay, let's see if we can get maybe like three mil out of these guys. A year? Three mil a year? Yeah. yeah. $17 million for two years. Yes. I'm good. Yep. Thanks. I'll show up I'll show up as soon as you want me to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's he'll be on the team next year too. That'd and be great. No, I fucking hope not. DFA is ass if we don't trade him. Yeah. If uh, we could trade him. So terrible. Anyway, uh, we're not going to talk about that. But uh, this is this will be the last thing on baseball, and then we're going to transition to drop the ball. Uh, this is not about the Royals, so we've kind of wrapped up about the Royals. Uh, but I wanted to hear your opinion on this because I have an opinion on this, which is what do the Angels do with Shohei Otani? I mean, he he's not going to be an angel. Uh, it's just a simple let, sort of like I mean, I mean, he's not going to be an angel. Like after the twenty twenty three season is what you're saying. Yeah, they're correct? not going to trade him. Yes. Uh, do you? But do you? Do you trade him? Do you trade him, or do you? Or do you? They're in. They're in the hunt right now. I I think I get you, it, but I think you hope you can get lucky, string some wins in the postseason, and win a World Series. Cause that's your only chance at keeping him. And as long as they are competing, they can't afford to trade him because bottom line, you can't let Mike Trout go his entire career without winning a playoff game. Well, 
that's the thing. Bottom line, and they have Mike Trout for his career. So that's, that is the that's the thing, is that I want to bring this scenario up to you, okay, Jackson? So this is this is I we need a name for this segment, but I'm just going to bring something up to you. Shohei Otani, would you say he's probably the best hitter in baseball right now? If not one of, um, I mean, he's definitely top five. Easy. He's batting over three hundred and has and leads the American League. He has an over one thousand OPS. He's top five easy. Like the yeah. only con- the only competitors that he has that I can even think of off the top of my head are like Luis Arise for an, for the exact opposite reason that Shohei's. Yeah. But he is great and Acuna. Like those he, are the only two that yeah. pop into my head. He's great at hitting, and he's also amazing at pitching. He's probably a top ten pitcher. Yeah, yeah. So. I'm going to take you back last season and look at what Juan Soto was able to get the Nationals. They were The Nationals traded Juan Soto to the San Diego Padres for their number their number one, two, four, five, six prospects and C.J. Abrams, who had just graduated. So he was a top, but he was a very top prospect as well. Okay. Those are huge, huge prospects. Mackenzie Gore was one of those prospects that went over to the Nationals. Right. Okay, and Mackenzie Gore has now turned into probably one of the best lefties, best young lefties in the game. Right. If he can hit at an elite level and he can pitch at an elite level, who's to say that somebody won't give up the same, if not, or more for him. And if you are the Angels, if you if the Dodgers come to you and ask for Shohei and they give you their top three, they give you even their top three prospects in your system, and then they also give you like three or four arms, like their eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth prospects. Which if you don't if you don't know, the Dodgers pitching prospects if you were able to get four pitching prospects out of the out of starters out of the Dodgers' hands and Andy Pajes and like another another one, like another bat, two bats and four arms from the Dodgers for Shohei Otani, do you pull that? Because I, I mean, think if you're he, the Angels, yeah, but the Dodgers I, aren't gonna do that. You don't think the Dodgers would do that? No, because the Dodgers could just pay him after the end of this season. Yeah. I get th- no, I understand that too. Like not to mention, like, realistically, they're still going to have a decent shot. Like, their bullpen's the only weakness. They'll still have a decent shot at going to the World Series this year. The Angels? No, the Dodgers. Okay, but still, I think that... Uh, I, I think, think if you're the Angels, you absolutely do that if you can. Okay. Because, like, you're not going to re-sign him unless you win a World Series. Mm-hmm. Or make a run, in the least. Exactly. They have the LA money, so like it's not like they couldn't resign him. But I think if I'm like Shohei, definitely, absolutely, one hundred percent, unequivocally, wants to win. Yeah, and he just and we've seen that at the All Star game. The other yeah. best player in the MLB for four years now, five, four healthy, five total, and they haven't made the playoffs once. Like. Yeah. I'm sorry, but like he, he doesn't. He's a Japanese player, which means he has less time in America to make his mark. He was 24 when he came over. You 25ish, yeah. When he came over, so he's already he's he's in his prime right now. He doesn't have time to stick with the Angels for another five, ten. Oh, oh years. yeah, 100 percent. But trading, but trade-wise, you're saying that you don't think anybody would give the Angels prospects because he's going to be a free agent at the end of the season. Yeah, if if I think if he had if he had more than if he had more than half a season, even if it was just another season after this one, then I think maybe. But like Juan Soto, like you mentioned Juan Soto, right? He had a year and a half left. Yeah. So like, you were getting him for that year and a half, and then possibly doing well enough to make it easier to re-sign him at the end of all that, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I he I don't think he gets traded. I think the Angels are going to try to soak him up for as much as possible and hope that they win enough, especially because they're in the playoff hunt for, like, the first time ever with him. The Angels are just in really, really tricky territory because, like, if you lose Otani, 
after think, Otani leaves, I think I think Trout's like fucking get me out of here. Trade me, yeah. Like, I mean, get me out well, of here's here. Here's the thing. I think the Angels. It doesn't. That's not even the Angels, and it doesn't even matter what team. Any team in this situation would be in a tricky situation, because like, this is unprecedented territory. Like Shohei Otani has played in the league for five years and is already probably one of the top ten players to ever play the game. Yeah, I would agree with you. Like, I would agree. I don't think you can officially say it just because he's only played for five years. Not and none of the and only like two thirds of those years were healthy. But like, I mean, for three years now he has been a top five player in the league for two years, probably the best player in the league and easily the most valuable out of all of them from a numbers perspective, at least, you know, like maybe not MVP most valuable, but most valuable in terms of dollars per win, you know? So I, I, I don't know. There's no winning that situation. Um, Obviously, he's going to be a Kansas City Royal regardless at the end of the season. So there's that. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? He won't. He no, won't because no. he's going to go to a big market. I do but. hope he goes to a team that I can root for him on, though. I'd be pissed no. if he ended up with like the Yankees or the Dodgers. Oh, um, I'd be okay with him on the Dodgers. Smoke. I've seen. I can't root for him on the Dodgers, though. Why? Because it would just be an overpay. Because I what? can't root for the Dodgers. Oh, I refuse to root for Dodgers, Mets, or the Yankees. Why? Those are like the only three. Why the why the Dodgers? What's up with them? Uh, just any big market team, uh, like big big market. Like those are the three teams in the biggest markets in the world, not just the U.S. The world. And the Dodgers are at least like developing, but they're also still taking players via money. Yeah, I mean the the Dodgers are the only team out of those three that. The legitimately the, have a have a developing program. They are the closest to me rooting for them specifically because they have a development program. But still, like, I mean, like, they they got Mookie in free agency. They got Freddie Freeman in free Not agency. Free agency. They traded for Mookie Betts. But sorry, yeah. they traded for Mookie Betts and then extended them. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get it. Like, I get it. I get it. I get it. So, like, yeah, I just i I can't root for teams like that. I I've heard a lot of smoke about him going to the Mariners just because he loves Seattle. I don't think they can afford him, but... Oh, yeah, they can. But, but, holy fuck, I'd love that. As a fan, I'd love that. Yeah. I I would watch do you th- and then almost every Mariner game like I do the Royals. And I don't want to... Yeah, and I don't want to talk about... I don't want to talk about this a lot, but how much money do you think he gets? Uh, Half a billion dollars. You think he gets 500? I think he at least matches Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, okay. Especially because he's not in a capped sport. Well, yeah, well, he's not in a capped sport, and if you... The problem is the pro- and this is the whole problem is that Shohei Shohei could literally, literally put his numbers up and be like Robbie Ray was worse than this and he got well and he well he he was worse than this and he got three he got close to three hundred million by himself. I think that's the thing and like and as a hitter Aaron Judge got this right and right like he got fo- almost four hundred million dollars and I was I'm doing this I'm season doing what he did last season this like and if, if he's saying I'm doing both. Right, he could literally walk into a negotiation table and be like, "I want six hundred million dollars." Honestly, that's the thing. Short of a billion dollars, yeah. which will never happen, yeah, he's being underpaid because he's like, I, I think that's not fair. I think short of eight hundred million, though, he's getting underpaid because he's pitching like a ten-year, forty billion or not forty, four hundred million pitcher, and he's hitting like a ten-year, four hundred million hitter. Mm-hmm. Short of eight hundred million, he's getting underpaid, and he's never going to get eight hundred million. But, but, um, I, I think because of that understanding, um, it's very, very, very possible that he gets five hundred mil or, or more. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think he'll probably break Mahomes' record for highest really? paid athlete ever. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay, we're going to transition into America's favorite segment. Drop the ball. Um, I have mine first because mine is. The absolute dumbest thing I've ever seen on the internet. So I'm going to go first, which is, I don't know, hey, uh, people might have, who are listening to this, might be Swifties, okay? They might have uh, went to the New Era's tour, or the Era's tour, whatever the fuck it was New called. New Era's, you were right. Okay. Anyway, well, Taylor Swift's concerts. Um, you can go to them. You can support her. It's awesome. I think you're paying way too much money for it, but you can do whatever you want. Anyway, uh, somebody on Twitter decided to say uh 
this specifically. Put her in a cage against Michael Jackson, and she'll come out as the yeah. winner because she really knows how to dance. I saw that shit, dude. Um, I would just like to tell you, uh, have you seen the fucking video where Michael Jackson is literally parallel with the ground? Have you seen this? Uh, he was, have you seen Smooth Criminal, guys? He was, he was being abetted by something, but... Okay, I don't care. But, like... Have you seen the video of him inventing the moonwalk for the first time? Have you seen... Unveiling it? That, and then also, have you seen him, I don't know, live perform at all in his... He's a dancer, dog. He's a dancer. People would faint when he danced. That's not an exaggeration. People saw him dance and fucking lost consciousness. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Here's the thing. I honestly have no beef with Taylor Swift. She's not for me. Yeah. Here's, but I but would just, yeah. it's gotten to the point where because of some of a very small set. Maybe this is how people think feel about Patrick Mahomes. Maybe. <laughs> like, honestly. But it's gotten to a point where, like, I personally am boycotting Taylor Swift because... It's gotten to a the point absolute where delusional fans. The amount that they of have. people that I saw posting about her or her concert on Instagram, I made an active effort to not like her posts or the posts about the about the concert. Mainly because I'm a hater. I'm just a hater. I hate everybody and everything. Nice. You know, it makes my life. It brings me a little bit of joy to take it out of other people's lives. Yep. Cool. I'm just a bad person, right? <laughs> There's like I can tell you now. There is. Three posts. I can count them in my head now. Three posts about Taylor Swift's concert that I liked because they're like my closest friends. Yeah. Yeah, no, I... Uh, but that that is You part can of like why. whoever you want. You can do what you want. I don't give a fuck. It doesn't matter to me. But if people start saying obscenely dumbass fucking things, like right. she's not... She's better than Michael Jackson. Like, let's be realistic. Can we not let's do this, please? It's not even like, like... like like They weren't even... The thing is, they weren't even comparing the music. They were comparing the performances. Yeah. And like... Literally the only person that compares to Michael Jackson in terms of like live performance is like probably Beyonce. Maybe, yeah. Probably. Like that's that's the only person in the top of my head that I could go like, yeah, that's same level. Yeah. That or maybe Prince, but that's more like his musical. I say like, that was, but that was almost just because his, his musical talent. prowess. Yeah, yeah. Just his ability to fucking shred. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like yeah, that's yeah. probably just because he was like top five guitarist ever. Yeah, you know, quietly one of the best guitarists oh, yeah. of all time. Yeah. Anyway, we're not talking about Prince, but uh, or <laughs> sorry, the artist formerly known as or, or sports anymore for that matter. Yeah, exactly. But, but uh, I don't know what I don't know what you Swifties are out here doing, but uh, it's a bad idea. Just it's a bad idea it telling him that. Just reel it in. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. Like, respect, she's a great artist. Yeah, but you've dropped the ball by saying that she's better than Michael Jackson. Let's hope to God Maddie doesn't listen to this episode. <sighs> She'll tear us apart. She won't. She's she got She Yeah, she had to. She got stuck somewhere anyway. We're safe. Anyway, quick, go ahead. We're safe. You, where did you drop the ball, Jackson? So, I have one that's, like, kind of lame. Like, it's, it's a good drop the ball, but, like, it's kind of serious, and I hate doing serious ones. So, I'm going to, like, leave that last and then just give you a couple, like just kind of glance overs of other ones. Um, Spencer Strider was at the all-star game. I love that guy. He's probably one of my favorite pitchers in the MLB right now. Um, Use the term supinated release. Supinated release. While being interviewed by a seven-year-old. Matthew, he got asked a question about pitching by a seven-year-old and he used the term supinated release. Supinated. I don't know what that means. You think the seven-year-old does either? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know soup. He might have been like, "Yeah, I get that." That's not that's not necessarily, um, that's not necessarily a drop the ball. I just thought it was funny. I don't know. That might have been like that's kind of like kid vocabulary. I got a <laughs> supinated release. I no, I that totally get just, it. That just means he's got to piss so bad. <laughs> um, yeah, that just means he's about to there's piss down. Mommy, his leg. I have to supinated Louise. Um <laughs> No, yeah, that's that's not even a drop the ball. That's just a baseball nerd being a fucking baseball nerd. You know, like that's just um, that's just you know. Great baseball story right there. You being yourself, yeah. Exactly. Um, Wouldn't want it any other way. Yeah, why would you? Exactly. Why? What do you... uh, Okay, so then what is your... What's your drop the ball that's legit and um, for real? Yeah, so... uh, If you guys haven't heard, Northwestern's football coach got fired. Oh, yeah. Because of um, some hazing stuff that involved sexual harassment. Um... There's this dude. He's a sports 
media personality. He's also just a in general awful person. Um, he's he's very uh, he, he focuses sports, but he also puts out some like really really weird and awful political content. I don't know. It's he's just a just uh, sounds like a cool guy. Yeah, he's know? he's just. <laughs> Such an ungodly, awful person, and just in terms of making, like, not even like morally, just his content always sucks. Yeah. Okay. Um. But uh, he was just aghast that Northwest would fire their football coach over these, um, over these incidents. You know, over like, hazing incidents. Yeah. Right. 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 Um. Basically, filing this under cancel culture. Um. But. But. Uh, approximately four months ago, five months ago, he was just beside himself that Alabama had not fired their head coach, uh, for continuing to play Brandon Miller, the Alabama ba- uh, basketball player who, um, provided the murder weapon to a teammate. Um, so what he's saying is that it's okay to haze and sexually assault people but it's not okay or it's okay to it's okay to do that but it's not okay to hold a gun well so i think i think where the hypocrisy really falls in here is not based on the actions or what the players did themselves but that um he was openly calling for a coach to be fired in the same for for the actions of players that they had no control over, supposedly more or less, than then turning around and saying it's just abhorrent, abhorrent, and you know, just a gross misuse of of administrative power to fire the Northwest head coach for basically not controlling the culture of his program, you know. I I honestly agree with him about the Alabama's head coach. Not necessarily that he should be fired, but there should be some sort of disciplinary action for not withholding that player's playing time, right? Like I both actions are grossly, you know, grossly offensive to me. You know, providing a murder weapon and not even feeling any amount of public remorse for it, you know? Yeah. And also sexually harassing your teammates in the form of hazing. Like both are pretty gross action sounds like me. a coward to me um but yeah like it's just it's like come on dude like just stay consistent at least like if you were all over nate oates the head coach at bama being fired for essentially a cultural thing right two dudes on your team involved in a murder case then you should also absolutely be all over a football coach being fired for a culture thing. In fact, I think the head coach in the football program had could have more to do with trying to stop sexual harassment and hazing than some coach that off the court, like these hazing incidents were happening in the locker room, you know? Like they were literally locker room issues. The two the shooting stuff was all off the court, you know? And like while I think he should have gone out of his way to make sure that player wasn't playing, like his faults stopped and ended or started and stopped with letting that player continue to play the coach the coach's issues started in the locker room continued in the locker room and frankly never stopped in the locker room it sounds like you know um so yeah like just stay consistent i'm i'm pretty tired of dudes with platforms i don't even know how they get them just going out and saying whatever they want to say and not really like pretending like there's no repercussions for it. Right. Yeah. Like no consequences, you know, like it's just a gross misuse to misuse of the term of the label journalism. Yeah. Like we've talked about the fact that I made, I minored in that, you know, like, and, and I've talked about, you know, just the, some of the, some of the just like baseline foundational kind of like, responsibilities of a journalist 
Um, and so it's just kind of one of my pet peeves when, when dudes who, not just dudes, when people in general who, who operate under the umbrella of journalism, whether it's, it is actual journalism or not, um, don't follow those responsibilities. Don't abide by those responsibilities, you know, like, yeah. And I think that, uh, just to put my little two cents into this with the Northwestern thing is like, sure. You could say, well, what did the coach have to do with it? Which I would say it's his program. Right. And like, it all is happening, it was happening had on school grounds. Yeah. Like this was the, like the hazing. Like if you at didn't, least some of the uh, the things the hazing that was happening was in the locker room. Yeah, it, like if if that shit was going down, and you didn't know what was happening, the second you found out about it, you better had been like, "Yo, what the fuck is going on?" Yeah, here? especially was did you have you read about what hap- was happening? I didn't. I didn't hear specifically. Dude, I mean, but I saw that yeah. like just like I saw it was sexual assault, borderline nightmare shit. shit. Like this yeah. isn't just like like fucking paddling a dude. Yeah. Like, this is, like, fucking grotesque level shit. Mm-hmm. Like, everything but the big R word. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I... It's a, it's a, it's a dark subject, and I don't want to leave you guys on... On something so heavy. Um, so, I guess, final statement, you know, like... It's not like the dude was even fucking winning while he was there. <laughs> yeah, Northwestern sucked ass last year and the year before and the year before. Um, you know, it's not like they fired Nick Saban for all this. Well, they fired Ron Prince for all UK State fans out there. Um, well, yeah, Clay Travis is a bitch. I hate him. Something. Uh, Someone dropped the ball. Something really funny to uh, to uh, to uh, send us out. I guess it's not really funny. But uh, be sure to go see Timothy Chalamet in the Wonka movie. He looks bad. He looks really terrible. Um, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I actually was kind of turning a corner on Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. I, and I was like, who first, knows what's going to happen? For who the first like year of him being a big deal, I thought he was crazy overrated. And then I saw him in a couple movies. I saw him in Dune. I saw him in a Wes Anderson movie. Um, I rewatched Lady Bird. And I was like, you know what? Okay. There's a little bit of range there that I didn't see before. And yeah. there's some decent chops. I, I watched Little Women. Yeah. You know? He's and I was like, I was like, too. you know what? There's some juice there. But then the Wonka movie trailer came out and I was like, does he know who Willy Wonka is? Just an ounce. Like, like I'm asking for an ounce of whimsy, you know? <laughs> yeah. An ounce of whimsy. And it's like, all right. Gene Wilder is, is turning in his freezer right like, now. Like, yeah, it, it doesn't help. Yeah, it doesn't help that he's following up Gene Wilder and borderline sociopath Johnny Depp, right? Like <laughs> like he had one of the best comedic actors of all yeah, time. Yeah. And a dude who probably didn't have to act much to be crazy on screen. <laughs> that he has to follow up, right? <laughs> that's a great way to de- that's a funny way to describe Johnny Depp. Right? <laughs> like a dude that doesn't really have to act hard to be weird on screen. Right. <laughs> like like his most famous role outside of Willy Wonka is Jack Sparrow, who was also a rum drinking pirate, yeah. who he was like, this is kind of me, who like borderline maybe was gay <laughs> in the movies, you know, like like flamboyant, like constant drunk, pirate. and you know when you're gay you're weird. So. Exactly, <laughs> it's not June anymore, so we can say that. <laughs> exactly, um, all the companies when Ju- when July hit, they're like, thank God, thank God. Um, yeah. So, anyways, I yeah that that. I'm going to give it a chance. I'll probably watch it. It looks like a pretty fresh take on the whole Willy Wonka story. What's well, a prequel? So. Yeah, I think the writing will be decent and there's some pretty there were some moments in the trailer that made me want to go see it, but <sighs> Timmy did not give me a lot of hope for his role. Timmy Shaw? Timmy Ch- Timmy Cha. Timmy Cha. Um okay. We'll see what happens though. We will <laughs> We will see. I'm sorry. Oh my god! <laughs> no one will ever know what I just Dude, did. Dude, if we had, if we filmed this, we'd have to blur that out, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Matt just did something vile to that microphone. I don't know if you guys were able to hear it or not, but we'll have to we'll have to do the we'll have to animate that. If, if you ever want to know, you know. Okay. Well, give a little. You know. Hey. Um. That was this week's impromptu episode. Yeah. We really had jack shit to talk about because of the All Star break, and, and we made shit up. 
Yeah. You know. Might be about time for another raw dog episode. Yeah, it might be. You know what I mean? Cool. Okay. Well, uh, we will be done here for right now. You know how it is. Don't drop the ball. Until next time. God, I've fucked this up every time. You should just let me take it out. Yeah, yeah, I probably should. Okay, so here's Jackson. Jackson's going to lead us out. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Drop the Ball. I am Jackson Wilkes. And I'm Matt Robison. Until next time, don't drop the ball.